Hello and welcome to the Golden Power Hour podcast, where we are opening doors through open minds. I'm Kristen Steed. And I'm Carrie Bedor, and we are with Golden Link Training and Coaching. Golden Link specializes in growth and business development with a vision of helping people live the best life ever. And boy, do we have a treat for you when it comes to living the best life ever, because today's guest, Allie Starr, is on a mission to ignite 7.7 billion heartbeats to connect deep within and inspire the greatness within others. She is a faithful servant, a loving wife and mother, and the driving force behind the Tashi Delay movement. We are so excited that she's here with us today to elevate our self-awareness and guide us on a journey of building the next best version of ourselves. So Allie, welcome and thank you so much for being here with us today. Are you kidding me? I'm so honored. Honestly, I have chills. I have chills. I'm very honored. Just so, so excited to be with you too. Thank you for having me. So Allie, we obviously go way back. I have experienced how my life has changed in the way that I see myself and the way that I communicate with others. I've experienced what it's like to bring that home to my family and how it impacts the relationship with my husband, how I can see the way my son's mind works and grows and blossoms. There's there's so much power in the type of work that you do. So as we get started, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, Tashi Delay. What is it? Like, why did you start this movement in the first place? (laughs) I love you. Thank you. Thank you. This is one of my most favorite questions to answer. And it's also one of the most difficult, right? Because like, here's the deal. I fully and firmly believe that God created me to do this. And and again, I, I almost was like, like pick a different chick. Right. Because like at the point of knowing what was calling of me, let's back up. I've had lots of different careers, ladies. Like I'm talking the NBA work for the Bucks. I'm talking the NCAA, NBC 26. I thought I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. I've been a personal trainer. I was a principal for goodness sakes. Who thought that was a good idea? I was at a freaking elementary school principal. You guys, I loved up on those little guys. You trust me this, but all of this prepped me. Verve a credit union, my gosh, having a leader that says, hey, just go do you. (laughs) Like take your greatness and go be great. Go ignite other people to see their greatness. Like that's how it all stemmed. So like, let's be honest, like this started before I even knew what the heck was going on. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, is like, while I was frustrated and discontent many times over in different positions, it was all prep. It was all prep. And when people are like, Hey, enjoy the journey. You're like, yeah, right. Like, I don't, I'm not, no, like I'm not enjoying the journey. Like, tell me what I'm supposed to do so I can go do the good work. And and a lot of it is hindsight, right? We can really appreciate things once they're kind of to completion or we have another thing, a carrot to chase. I'll be honest. I feel like the Lord does his best work in the, the swampiest of valleys. And that's where I was. Okay. I had a career that I for once could see myself in forever and ever and ever. Amen. But I was still discontent. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, what's wrong with me? Yes. What is wrong with me? Like I'm still discontent. I'm making a decent living 
or for most people, a freaking probably a heck of a great living, to be honest with you. Um, I am fulfilled in my work. I feel seen. I feel like the work I do matters. And yet there was this underlining discontent. And it, it was a breakdown to break through, really. I mean, most, most of those times, guys, I can fit, tell you right now, like most of my breakdowns, if I really sit in them, if I am really allow myself to be sad, miserable, uncomfortable, it leads to a breakthrough. And that's what this was. Allie, I love that breakdown to breakthrough because I think so many people that we come across can resonate with being in that type of situation. Things feel tough. You know, my path isn't clear. I'm questioning if I am doing the right things, if I'm on you know, the, the right journey, you know, what should I be doing? And I think that's such a powerful message for people to be able to hear because all of those things are maybe preparing you for what's coming next. Bullseye. You know, Allie, you bring a interesting perspective when everyone says, enjoy the journey because the journey is not fun when you're on it. Is it? Nope. It, and nope. <laughs> <laughs> right. Not all the time, right. There's glimpses of it, but like guys, the statistic is like, let's legit talk about stats, like factual stats. 87% of people worldwide sort their job as more of a frustration than that of fulfillment. 60% of our life, adult life is spent working or preparing to work. So no wonder, Kristen, we're questioning. No wonder, Care, we're on a journey that we're supposed to like utopia. And it's not. Like, it's just not. It's not. It's not always rainbows, Skittles, and kitty cats. Or if you're a dog person, like whatever the freak, like dog freak, like whatever animal you like, you know, I'm a unicorn kind of gal and a lion kind of gal. So it's not all unicorns and lions. It's not. And, but yet we respect where we come from. We can look back on that journey and there are defining moments along the way that push us into the new version of ourselves that we are today. And I don't, and I believe this Allie, that you cannot go back. You can only worry about the best way to move forward. And I think that it takes a lot of strong mindset training mm-hmm. in order to understand, to respect that journey And to know that, Hey, even though that was swampy or, you know, that was, you know, just absolutely terrible. Um, it brought me to who I am today and I respect that, but I'm going to worry about who I'm, who I'm going to become. And, and I, and I love that you are a person who gets that and can inspire that in other people. Thank you. I'll tell you guys. Like my belief is at 41 here, there are a couple really defining moments that can bring us to our knees, both, both amazing and also out of pain. Okay. This one was straight out of pain. And so when I I got to my knees and I just said, Hey, tell me, because so often I want to grab the, the wheel. I want to decide. I want to control. And, and, and let, let's talk about this. Like, it's hard for me to talk about mindset and purpose in best self without talking about what I believe is my creator. So first and foremost, I don't know God exists. I believe he exists. That's a big freaking difference. Okay. So my belief system is in something higher, a higher power. And let's be honest, when we talk about addiction, 
when we talk about lows, right? We talk about addiction to many things, drugs, sex, pornography, work, food, drinking, you name it, right? Like it could be wasting time, social media. It could be anything, right? Addictions, right? I was addicted to shopping and being a workaholic. That was my addiction. That was my fill for lack of intimacy and for lack of, of knowing my purpose. I distracted myself with those two things because I was, I didn't want to do my own work. I didn't want to do my own work in self-awareness. I didn't want to do my own work. And I, I wanted to blame other people for why I wasn't doing what I was doing. I wanted to blame a boss. <laughs> how many leaders have I blamed? I, guys, I've been in how many different organizations? I can tell you like 11 different careers. And there was one common theme, me. I was exhausted, run down and frustrated and, and discontent in every single one of them. And all it meant was it wasn't my purpose. It, it didn't mean that the, the company was wrong or the vision was wrong or the leader's choices were wrong. Like it was me, guys, it was me. And so many employees, I'll say this. Another stat is we have that, that says 75% of, of people leave a job because of their boss, not because of the work they do. Right. But I want to flip the coin on that, guys. I, let's stop blaming the bosses, okay, entirely. Bosses, no doubt, some of them are just straight. I was going to say something appropriate. I don't even know who's listening, but here's the thing. Like some of them are not awesome people. Some of them don't ignite us and inspire us to become the best version of ourselves. Let's just say they're in their ego or they're in their insecurity. They're leading out of ego or insecurity. Okay. Whenever they're leading out of ego or insecurity, they are not in the circle of health, which is directly in the middle of that. Okay. When they're not leading out of the circle of health. Yeah. They're a poopy boss. No doubt. They go home, their employees go home. They feel not valued, not seen, um, and certainly not appreciated, okay? So, and, and then usually when you go home, not seen, not valued, eight hours a day, five days a week, how do you think you treat your family? Terrible. They get the rest of you, not mm -hmm. the best of you. No doubt, right. yeah? Right. I mean, at least I think majority of people would say that. I was showing up. <laughs> they were getting the rest of me, not the best of me. I would say things like, sorry, guys, used all my servant leadership juice up at work. <laughs> like running on e here you get the you get the drop you know like put the pjs on at six in bed you know like exhausted brain shut down like come on serving <laughs> leftovers every day to raise i got humans to raise i got a husband to take care of and love up on he wants to feel seen by me you know and, and when i can't see them at home i don't show up my best guess what i repeat the same day <laughs> Go to work, deflated, demotivated, frustrated, unseen, unvalued, and do the same thing. It's like Groundhog Day over and over and over. And like we're like like we think we're crazy, and sometimes we are. <laughs> like I, I I drove myself nuts. Anyways, what I want to share about this statistic is I truly believe this: most humans that work for a human don't even know what they want. They just know they're not getting it. So the easy target is the leader. The easy mm -hmm. target is my spouse. The easy target, okay? We need to reset. Let's get self-aware. What is it that I want? What are my priorities? What do I value? So I'm not flimming at the whim every time I look on social media or Facebook or Instagram and think I should be doing that. I should be taking that vacation. I should be wearing that outfit. I should be getting that done to my hair. Like, come on.
Like we will fall prey to everything if we don't even know what we stand for and what we want out of life. Dang. So Allie, it, that's what you're doing with Tashi Delay, right? Oh, like you yes. are taking people on that journey, whether they come willingly or kicking and screaming, like you are going to figure this out. I'm like, listen, like I tell people, I know what I know and I sure as heck know what I don't know. And I don't know a lot more than what I, what I know is this. I know brains, people's brains. I know the Bible not as well as I'd like to, but I know a lot about it. And I know basketball outside of those three B's. I am not your chick. So <laughs> I'm very intentional about the people that are hungry for the work that we do in Tashi delay. Mm -hmm. And it literally is not easy. I mean, we're talking about going back to childhood, five years old, when we made decisions about things, we didn't even know we were making decisions about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm talking about relationships, money, career, what it meant to work hard discipline, habits, all those things were either we were conditioned, we were dripped on in some way by the folks trusted to take care of us. And if they didn't have their stuff together, guess what? Chances are we're making up stories about things that we don't even know we're deciding. And then guess what? We do them, we repeat them, and we, we, we show up as a healthy adult, not a child in survival mode, a healthy adult doing the same things, expecting different results. This is so random, but I saw this thing the other day that said tradition, peer pressure from dead people. <laughs> and it was to the point that you're making, right? Is that at a very young age, so much of what we're taught is coming from people that were around and we had no control over that influence. And you hear of things like generational trauma. You hear of things, people who grew up in times of the great depression and how those types of behaviors and that way of being gets passed on from generation to generation. And then here you are, right? A couple decades later. And it's like, I don't know why I get upset over this thing, or I don't know why I worry about this particular thing so much. And that's why I love just the message, the work that you're doing to help people elevate that self-awareness because they're lost now. If they're, you know, wherever you're sitting, you're, you're lost and you're not quite sure what you want. So Allie, I know one of the tools that you use when you work with people to help them kind of discover where their mindset is and, you know, to be more self-aware is the ladder of assumptions, yeah. right? Like, can you just talk a little bit through that concept of like what it is and how can users utilize that to get a more in their life of what you're talking about. Absolutely. And what I want to say to that, Kristen, is I, I couldn't agree more. Doing this work, this deep work, and, and a lot of times, like, listen, like, I, I get it. <laughs> Why would we want to go back and, and, and dissect? But here's the thing. If we don't heal the wounds that cut us, you taught me this, Kristen Steed. If we don't heal the wounds that cut us, we will continue to bleed on people that didn't. And that's invisible blood, right? It's passive aggressive. It's, it's not working with my mind up here, knowing that this is healthy and high functioning. And I'm not living in imagination. I'm living in reality, right? Cause I can make some stuff up. <laughs> I can make some stuff up. And guys, I want to tell you, we have like, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. And to, to our listeners too, let's engage in this. Let's like, like how many thoughts do you think we have in a day? 80,000. Great guess. My guess was over 6,000. Fabulous. Look at you guys. Fucking, you guys are studly. I'm just telling you. Okay. <laughs> 6 
thousand to sixty thousand, depending so, on the day. Okay, depending on so the day. So if I was on the prices right, I would have been. I wouldn't have made it to the showcase showdown, right? Or on one stage. thought, prices Ellie. One thought. Right. <laughs> I love the prices right. I know. Oh, right? That's childhood right there. Talk about childhood. Oh my god. Okay, so yes, this is it. Like six thousand to sixty thousand thoughts in one day. Okay. And, and here's the thing, you guys, this is why the ladder of assumption is so powerful. And we'll get into that. Kristen is it's like, it's, it's like, we can't believe everything we think. Can you imagine if you believed all 6,000 to 60,000 thoughts you had in a day, you know, some of those are crazy messed up. Those are rabbit holes. Those are not real. That's like, my boss said this, well, no, he didn't. You know, like I just, the, the, like the inner critic in me is saying, Allie, yeah, oh, they never liked you. Yep, yep, she's getting the promotion. Oh, yep, yep. You know, all the things that are just so erratical. They're just so, so off the mark. They're just so off the mark. So anyways, when we have 6,000 to 60,000 thoughts a day, guess what percentage of those are negative on average for humans on average. Now, now you guys are optimistic, joyful, you're living love, loving life. You know, you're thriving in, in to internal fulfillment. So I always say to people that are more optimistic, like think about the world, like we live in, think about all of the surroundings, the grocery stores, the, you know, driving, like, all, like everywhere we are, like what percentage zero to hundred do you think is negative? I'm actually scared to find out. I, I, don't, I don't honestly, because it, 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 the reality, my guess is, is that it's like, I'm thinking 50% and I'm like, Oh my, I, it, maybe it's even more than that. And 50% is still too high. I don't even know. So guys, 80 percent. Oh, oh my, gosh. my gosh. Okay. Let me blow your mind even more. What percentage? Okay. So we know we have six to 6,000 to 60,000 thoughts in a day. Okay. We know on average humans go to the negative. Okay. What percentage is reoccurring? Oh God. Reoccurring. Meaning it's like, wait, okay, what is today? Ladies Thursday. It's like, Hey, Wednesday's thoughts helpful, or, helpful or unhelpful. Just come on over to Thursday and then wait, I'll pick you up on Thursday. Don't worry. I'll, I'll pick you up Thursday and I'll take you over to Friday. I was like a house guest that's overstaying their welcome. Totally. <laughs> Oh my gosh. The reoccurring, like, is it so 80% are negative and how many thoughts are reoccurring? Like are 60% reoccurring? 95. Come on. Not kidding. So, but, but Allie, let me ask this. So if Please. it's a reoccurring thought, does it have to be negative? I mean, can't you have reoccurring happy? 100%. Thoughts? Okay. 100% okay, care. And so for our, again, when we are a healthy, high functioning, best version of ourselves, let's just talk about it in a best version of ourselves. We're really in a healthy place where we understand, oh, 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 oh wait a minute, wait a minute. For what reason am I, I having this talk track? Like, for what reason am I having this thought? What evidence do I have to prove it's true? And is it even helpful? Because I work with a lot of people, you guys, and I say, hey, like, where, where'd that come from? Mm -hmm. Where'd that come from even? And here's the question. Is it true? And what factual evidence do you have to prove that that thought is true? And if you can't say, yes, it's true, and here's the evidence, then the next question is, okay, is it helpful? And if the answer to this that isn't yes to both. Like, is this thought helpful? 
I'm a bad mom. Is that thought helpful? Well, no. Who is that helping? I'm I'm um I'm a terrible employee. Well, no, who is that helping? I'm a bad wife. I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not thin enough. I'm not smart enough. Who is that helping? Yes. <laughs> is that helpful right. to anybody? No. Probably not. So then then we gotta have a new thought. That's where the ladder of assumption comes in is we check out these 6,000 to 60,000 thoughts in a day, ladies, because really, once we're aware and that there's patterns, now that's the gold. We can do something with them. We can do something with them. But if I'm unaware and this subconscious just plays on repeat day after day after day, well, my goodness, you think I'm in thrive mode? No, heck no, I'm in survival mode. See, and well, I love that. And I even love, Carrie, that you asked that question. And Allie, it just is a, like, it's beating the drum for why the type of work you do with people matters. Because if so many of those thoughts are negative and so many of your thoughts are reoccurring, if you don't have the self-awareness to shape that, like to what Carrie's points are, like life doesn't have to feel the way it feels if you're stuck in that negative pattern of, of thoughts, of reoccurring thoughts. So I love, 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 like you can change the way that the world feels to you by becoming more self-aware and questioning the thoughts that you're having and how it's influencing your behaviors and your decisions and everything else around you. I love to see change the way that you look at things and the look in the way that you look at things change, right? So, yes. you know, change your thought patterns and try to block out some of those influences. I d- despise listening to the news. I, I do. If I, if I need to learn Same. something, I will go out and find it in a fact-based way. But when the news is on, I physically just like my body reacts to it. It makes my skin crawl because there's so much negativity on the news. So just stop watching it then. Don't watch it. And I want to beat that odd. I don't want 80% of negative feel or thoughts in my head. And, but I think you need to get intentional with that. Right, Allie? Sure. Totally. My coach always says to me, Allie, we see the world as we are, not as it is. We see the world as we are, not as it is. Now let's talk about news for just one drip, one drop. Talk about conditioning. My dad knows I never watch the news and he'll like say something like, Hey, did you hear about this? And well, darn well knows I didn't hear about it because chances are I'm not letting that drip in my heart. Because I can't do the work I'm called to do. Just what Care said. I can't be dripped on with what is going on. My heart chakra, you guys, my heart chakra, for those that love chakras and stuff like this, my heart chakra is a 125 on a scale of 124. Talk about self-awareness. <laughs> I, I, if I don't know that, I can't protect my heart. I can't. I can't recognize why I feel so frozen or I can't move if I see people hurting people. And by the way, we know hurt people hurt people. Okay, so like that to me is that first, like anytime someone says to me, I'm gonna tell you guys a story about when I was in Cole's dressing room with these two beautiful girls. And I'm gonna tell you a story. And one of them came out and said something like, you know, this girl bullies me at school. And the old alley, that the unself-aware alley, the, the alley that probably... I'll say was definitely not doing this work, okay, and lived in ego or insecurity would have said, oh, well, screw her. Don't talk to her. 
don't connect, you know, I would have like said something to put up the defense like here. Like, and I just said, hey, honey, why do you think she says unkind things to you? She said, well, I don't know, maybe she's jealous. And I said, maybe. I said, did you ever think she could be hurting herself? Because what I know about people is people that are hurting, people that are unsure, people that are insecure, people that feel guilt, shame, they haven't healed things from their past. They're still bitter at the people they that, that raised them instead of better as a result of whatever circumstance they grew up in. Those types of people hurt other people. I mean, that's what I'm talking about is healing these generational wounds that we don't even know exist so that we can thrive, period. But if we're not willing to do that work, we don't get the thrive mode. We don't get the fulfillment. We don't, the world does not get us at our best. And I guarantee whoever you're coming home to is getting the rest, not the best. And that to me is the drive, right? And so I love that, right? I see the world as I am, not as it is. If I don't heal, if I don't have empathy for myself, I don't have empathy for other folks. Mm-hmm. If I don't know, I can't watch the news care, then right. I watch the news because guess what? My daddy said, you need to be educated. You need to know what's going on in the world. How do you run your own business, Al? And you don't know what's going on in the world. I got this talk track from a young chick, <laughs> you know, that says like, how do you, how do you do what you do? If you don't watch the news, well, I say I do what I do because I don't watch the news pops and I still love you. (laughs) You need me posted on the cliff notes of the news, right? Tell me the joy stuff that, that I'll take in all day and every day and twice on Sundays. But other than that, I'm I'm not your chick, right? I protect my heart, but it's my daddy. The other flip coin is you got to know he's my hero. So when he says something, it carries heavier weight. Sure. Yeah. So that's where this conflict comes in. It's like, if I don't know my sphere of influence, which is another tool we do in Tosh, is we understand our to- our sphere of influence, we'll fall prey to everybody else. Someone will give me an opinion and guess what? Boink, it bounces right off of me. If you're not in my bullseye, if you're not in my bullseye, I may take your opinion in. I may be better version of myself as a result, but I do not take it personally. It does not strike my soul like it used to you guys. Wow. That's so powerful. <laughs> it is powerful. And I love, I love the tool. Like we, we talk about sphere of influence a lot, but more from a sales and oh, referral sure. type of thing. But I love what you're saying as well. That same kind of concept of like how it influences the way you think, feel, react to, you know, certain things based on how people like where they're at or positioned in your life. Because what is that phrase, right? There are people who should all over you. You mm. should do this. You should do that. Right. Mm. We talk about that a lot. And like, there are times where that weight weighs us down or those judgments weigh us down quite a bit. But when you can start to get your mind right and you understand, you know, who your people are, you understand what your path is, you know, those things can be so powerful. Even the Cole story, Allie, I have to tell you, there have been times in my life where I've gotten to that level of enlightenment and I cannot believe how good it feels mm. to be able to see see somebody's behavior, but then really see them and feel empathy for them and feel care for them, even though they're lashing out, or even though they may be saying or doing things that appear to be hurtful and recognize that they're hurting themselves when people can get like that. When I think about servant leadership and I think about all of the things of like, how do you practice? Like how are conversations different 
between people when you can look at situations in that way and say, you know what, maybe this isn't about me and maybe they've got something going on for themselves and maybe I can be there for them. And this can just all be different for both of us. At the end of the day, isn't life actually about people? I mean, truthfully, isn't it actually about people? It's not about things. It's not about the things that you have, right? It's, it is literally about people and it doesn't matter, you know, you know, we talk a lot about business, right? So coming in and talking about this heart work and talking about people, if, if you're not working on yourself and if you're not growing yourself, you have an effect. There's a ripple effect around the people, the people around you, whether, you know, you're a leader and it's people that are looking up to you. It's your children. It's your family. It's others that you serve. But if you can work on becoming a better version of yourself, isn't it true that you would make other people around you better? Care, I believe leadership right now People love, humans love, I love to be around people that have a high level of emotional intelligence. It is no secret, but here's the thing, you guys, the higher up you go in organizations, the lower the EI. And it's not because they're not great people. In fact, probably once upon a time, they had a tremendous level of EI. They just, the world thinks we're good at it. The world thinks they're self-aware. So why would you work on something? Why would you intentionally come to a workshop for Tashi DeLay to work on emotional intelligence if you already believe you are self-aware? Statistics show us though, 95% of people think they're self-aware. Guess how many people are actually spot on to how they show up in the world, how they think they show up in the world and how they actually are seen in the world. Guess what percentage? And that's both great and not great. Like that's both like, I think I'm not as awesome in the world. And people are like, no, you're awesome, baby. Like keep doing you, like you inspire <laughs> me. And it's also like, no, you're really not that awesome, bro. Tone it down. Like the ego's trying to cast down. <laughs> like, mm, like step off, baby, let me help you. Like let's two step down on the floor because you're no better than anybody else here. Okay. I'm talking about both and. So like, like 95% of people think they're self-aware. How many, what percentage do we really is statistics prove that people are actually pretty spot on with how they show up, how they think they show up and how they actually show up in our scene. Now I'm going to go for a massive overcorrection because I feel like this whole podcast, my percentages have been way off. So if it's 95, I'm going to go to the way other end of the spectrum and say like 12%. It's a total guess. 12%. 22. I love you both. 10 to 15% are actually boom, bullseye spot on. How they think they are perceived is actually how they are perceived. So again, you guys, I go back to nobody's being ignorant. The problem is, is we think we're good at it. 95% of us think we're good at it. So why would we give any attention and time to, to practicing it? right? So that's the, that's the flip of the coin that I'm trying to bring into cultures and businesses and one-on-ones with people, because it, it really is. It's like, I'm not going to exercise that muscle, you know, if I think it's already strong. Hey, Allie, you just said flip of the coin, explain the ladder because the coin is part of the ladder, right? Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. So this ladder is like life changer for me. Uh, game changer on every level. I always say like, I'm not sure I wouldn't, I, I, I most likely would still be divorced from my was a husband, my first husband, my was a husband. 
I, I most likely would still be divorced from him. However, this tool would have saved us a lot of heartache if I had known it prior. So it is like my mission, 7.7 .7 billion heartbeats team, like, like 7.7 .7 billion heartbeats to ignite and share these concepts because I believe they are that life-changing for every relationship, not just at work, not just at home, but more importantly with yourself. You know, we, we sometimes forget about that relationship with self. Anyways, okay, so at the base of the ladder, Kristen, is our pool of data. I liken it to like a kiddie pool. Remember when you were little and like those like blue kiddie pools and they were like plastic <laughs> and you were like, I didn't matter, grass was up in there, like all that, right? And you were like, oh, hey, we're crushing the pool. It was cold. And you were like, uh-uh, bathing suit. I don't care. There's dirt. There's, you know, okay. So that's what I liken our pool at the base of the ladder to. Like it's our pool of data and it is nobody else's. This is what we need to understand. We could have siblings. You two are sisters. Yeah, you grew up in a similar household with similar values, with similar beliefs, with similar schooling, with similar, similar, similar. And your pool of data are going to be totally different because it's how you saw it. You shaped it. You could have two experiences or one experience and have two totally different perspectives on how that experience was. Yes or yes. yes. So true. For sure. Right. And so that pool of data is everything. If we don't understand it, it's really hard to get a hold of like, oh, of course I would make that inference. Of course I would make that assumption. Of course my inner critic, Keegan, which by the way, my inner critic, my judge's name is Keegan. Of course Keegan would show up right now and try to show off, right? Like, of course she'd be triggered. Like, so when you talk about, when you know your pool of data, okay, when I know myself in such a profound way, then I can regulate my thinking, my beliefs and my actions. If I don't even know myself, I for sure can't regulate those things. And that's what EI is, right? It's awareness. Daniel Goleman told us this decades ago. It's like self-awareness, self-regulation, empathy, motivation, and then social skills. And one begets the other. It's one through five. And it is in that order. You do not get five without one, right? Because I always say to people, when they say, come into the culture, let's come into the culture. Let's do culture transformation work. I'll say, first of all, it's going to take three years. Are you ready for the long haul? Because that shit doesn't happen overnight. You did not get here overnight. You're not going to unlearn these things overnight right? It's like going to the gym once, having me come in and do a keynote once. And it's like, and then expecting everything's like, oh, we're servant leaders here. Right. <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> we're self-aware. It's like, that is not how this thing works. So I always start with the leaders and I say, hey, do you live there? Like, if you don't live at the servant leadership level, you're not going to have a servant led culture. It's smoke and mirrors. And at some point they're going to find it out. Like, do you care more about your people than profit? And like, tell me the truth. Just don't lie to yourself and me. Like, I don't care what you say on your uh, like webinar to the whole, you know, group, you know, uh, as CEO, let's just talk real talk. Cause otherwise don't hire me. It's a waste of time, waste of money, waste of energy. But if you really are about your people, <laughs> the heartbeats in believing that they will 100% give you return on your profit. In fact, the more engaged employees you have, the, the, the four times better you perform financially. So if your people love what they do, if they want to run through brick walls because of their leaders, right? If they feel seen, valued, heard, uh, that work they do matters. They're not bored, stirring up trouble, gossiping, venting, 
They're not doing those things. They are so engaged that you actually four times uh, return on, on the investment of really anything, right? Like, so you, you, you perform four times better financially. And CEOs that get it, those are my jams. Those that don't, I mean, even the ones that are curious, I'm all in on, right? Because they just don't know a different way. I, I can't tell you how many leaders say to me, Allie, this is not how I was conditioned to lead. It's like, do as I say. <laughs> like, yes. how do I unlearn this? And I'm like, hey, we, we, we can, it's unlearnable. And we, you know, Carrie and I have talked about that. And I, I said that I'm like that 1990s, that 2000, like leadership culture where you were first in the office and last to leave at night. And it was like, you know what that got me first in the office last, that got me a divorce. Yeah. That did not get not a, not a promotion. much more than that. Okay. <laughs> so, and, and like, I don't take that lightly, but that's what that got me. Thanks dad. You know, and I love you dad and I'm not blaming him, but that was the installation. Now what it gave me was hard work, mm -hmm. discipline, right? It gave me so much more than it didn't, but, but when it goes to the other end guys, when it's too extreme and that's also self-awareness, when that strength becomes too much of an emphasis, it becomes the demise or a weakness. It was the post I made not too long ago on our Facebook page saying, is hustle culture dead? The first in, last out of the office. Why Why are you doing this? Why yes. are you putting more emphasis on your business on and, and not taking care of yourself, not taking care of the people around you? And, you know, there's a, there's a shift that's happening in that. And I believe that Tashi is part is, is supporting that shift, right? I mean, you're making it about people. You are making it about emotions. Who wants to talk about emotions in the workplace? Do you think that you could even have had this conversation in the 1990s or don't oh, even? I felt crazy. I felt right. crazy. And I, <laughs> I, I followed, you know, the suit, the, 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 the program, you know, check lots of things at the door before you walk into work. Right. Don't get, right. And this is what I believe today is when you have me check. Now, now I'm not talking about radical behavior. You know, I, I'm not talking about like, we can't, we can't tell people how to feel at work, but right. we sure as heck can teach them how we want them to behave. And, and behaviors are important. But if I don't understand my feelings, if I don't understand why I'm showing up like this, or if I have to like shut it down, numb it, act like I'm not in pain or I'm not sad or I'm not exhausted from staying up with a child all night, or, you know, I'm, I'm, my marriage is struggling and I have to act as though I'm fine. That is the stuff I'm talking about, that, that when we can't show up as our true authentic self and we have to keep stuff at home, guess what we keep at home? Parts of our passion parts of our creativity. When you ask someone to keep something, chances are they're keeping a lot of the other good stuff that you actually want in your building. You want in your meeting, you want at your boardroom table. Allie, and I like it. And you had said something just that sparked this thought too, about when you talk about four times more engaged and what that looks like. And when leaders understand why that's important in cultures and environments that are created, it's like leaders really do care. Like no matter what environment you're in, you know, going even back to the cold story that you had said before, or even going the way you opened in like belief in God, you know, it's like this be when you can be mindful of the story that you're telling 
telling yourself about the environment, about the circumstances, there's both parts, you know, need to contribute and be mindful. You can't control the emotions. We can't tell people how to think or feel, but all of the decisions we make can influence it and being aware of what this is and what this isn't and where the time and place is for those things. You can create an environment where the conversations are less hostile, yeah. right? The interactions are more productive. You know, the, um, one of the phrases I know we've used to, in the past that has been really like healthy is like, let, let me challenge that for a minute. Or like, let's look at this from another yeah. angle, like being able to disagree with the way that someone is thinking, but not in a, oh, screw that person. This is ridiculous. Not in the meeting yeah. after the meeting type of way. Yeah. Like, there is a way that you can address some of these things like head on in totally. a cool, calm, collective manner that doesn't make you feel completely depleted and drained and just wanting to, you know, run away from it all. So I just, I love, I love that message of that balance and, you know, what is possible when you do develop emotional intelligence and become more self-aware. Absolutely. And can you imagine the power of practicing this work together? Like inevitably, right? Can, can, can I always, I love basketball, right? You guys know that. And it's like, it's like sending your team out, your guards to a different camp, then your forwards to a different camp and your posts to a different camp. And then you're bringing them in. And then you're saying, okay, let's go play the game. Let's go try to win a state championship or a national championship. It's like, whoa, no, no, you practice. Mm-hmm. You practice together. Right. You, you, can, you, you have you have conversations that move in front of each other, not behind closed doors. And, and so then and when we're in business and we want to be high performing and we do it the opposite way, it's just mind boggling to me. So in that vein, Allie, one of the things that I think is fascinating about that, because I completely agree, you can practice, practice, practice and have the fundamentals completely down, right? And then there's time and score. Like Mm -hmm. there are a set of circumstances Mm -hmm. that creates an environment that brings maybe an intensity or something that you haven't seen before. And yet all your practice and all your preparation, all of a sudden, this feels different. Some people perform brilliantly, other people freeze. Like, and this happened to me, actually. I think this is a funny story is I used to train skills like handling resistance and concern, right? So I would stand up week after week after week and train this process over and over and over again. And one day I found myself in front of a large room of a couple hundred people. And what happened I got resistance and concern about a topic we were talking about and I froze. I was like, uh, 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 like, and I trained it like constantly. And so I love that you say that like this environment of practice and knowing that you don't just show up to the gym once and become like totally fit and healthy and ready to rock. It takes the ongoing practice. And so much like sports, you know, it's the Super Bowl and there's nine seconds left and there's, you know, it's the fourth down, you've got one play, like you name it. Like there are scenarios that, you know, you might not be prepared for, but when you practice, chances are you're going to perform way better than if you weren't putting any effort into utilizing, you know, your fundamentals at all. So I freaking love that. I, I love, you know, I tell people all the time, I teach on these tools and I get hung up on not using them myself. 
And I'll even know. I'll be like, I'm not doing my PBAQ rep. I was just hijacked. I'm not even doing my PBAQ rep. I'm I'm in the dance now. <laughs> like we are stepping and it's not. So, so this, see that, that shared language. So like, like I'll be hijacked. And this is what I tell people. When we don't know what's happening in our brain, when we are emotionally hijacked, think about the power of the whole team knowing that like, oh, wait a minute, I just got hijacked. And then everybody in the room being like, oh my gosh, I know what that is because I know what it is. I know the chemical releases that are happening, adrenaline and cortisol, which those are the stress chemicals. And, and so when they're released into the body, we are in fight or flight mode. So we could be in a, a just a really innocent conversation and automatically a smell, a word choice, a tone. And I immediately get hijacked. Well, then I am showing up in this fight, flight, freeze, fix mode. And it, it is, it's unhelpful. It's unhelpful when I'm having a crucial conversation with my husband. It's unhelpful when I'm trying to, you know, connect with my kids. It's unhelpful when I'm speaking to my leader. And if we don't even know that this is a human defense mechanism, if we don't even know how to come down from one, then we're going to show up in ways that we're later not proud of. We're going to behave in ways that later we're going to look back and we're just not proud of it. And then what happens is one of two things. If we're not aware, we justify it. We deny or we blame somebody else for our behavior. How silly is that? <laughs> like when you really scoop back and think about it, like how crazy is it? Like you made me do, you know, if you didn't say this, I want to, it's like, whoa, what are we doing? Is that the culture we're going to create? I mean, let me tell you guys a story about radical ownership in my house. And this is because of this Tashi work, okay? So there's many more examples I can tell you how I've got it wrong with my own children. I'm going to tell you one that I got right because this is inspiring for most humans, okay? <laughs> we're, we're talking about radical ownership in our house, right? We're, we're talking about what does that actually mean and what does it look like from an 11-year-old's perspective and an eight-year-old's perspective, Okay. Vinny and PJ. And I have an 18 year old and a 16 year old too. Okay. That again, that looks different at their age. Okay. Radical ownership. Here we go. Vinny comes barreling down the steps and he's like, mom, mom. Always starts with this. PJ, his sister, blah, blah, blah. Right. And I couldn't even hear because he's blaming her right off the, right off the charts, right? Immediately. And I said, wait, time out, time out, time out. What are we working on? Let me remind you, we're working on radical ownership, Vinny. I don't care what she did, said, or did not do. What was your contribution that you wish you would have done differently? Immediately, his shoulders sink. He takes a sigh and he says, I wish I wouldn't have pushed her. I wish I wouldn't have given her a shove, mom. I said, thank you. Like, I'm celebrating that ownership, right? I'm celebrating that awareness. I'm celebrating him not showing up as his best, right? Because I don't care what she does. It doesn't deserve a shove, right? Okay. Awesome. She comes, she is like a lot going on in the little body. I'm just telling you, like she is eight and there's like all kinds of things going like on every level. I can't even handle, like, I love it. And I, it's just nuts. So she's barreling down, you know, blazing. And she's like, mom, 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 Vinny. And I was like, wait, time out, P. Time out. Then will you please tell your sister what you just shared with mama? And he goes, P, I wish I wouldn't have pushed you. 
And she says, again, demeanor, the fight or flight immediately is de-escalated because he radically owned his stuff. Okay. She then, it influences her because I believe hijack people, hijack people. And now we are just continuing, right? We're, we are in our adaptive child. We are not in a high functioning, healthy adult when we are in a hijack. Okay. Cause we're in survival mode. And so, so she immediately takes a deep breath, releases, and she goes, Oh, Vinny, I, I wish I wouldn't have stolen the remote from you. 38 seconds went by. They hugged, they high-fived, they went back up to have fun. That does not always happen in my house. Like I wish I could show, and I will show video of it not looking like that at all. That's probably the one example that I have that I was like, oh my gosh, it's working. I think I called Jeff and I was started crying and I was like, like this stuff is like working. It's like working. Because I don't want to raise a child doesn't own their stuff. Yes. And blames everybody else for how they're showing up or not showing up or what they say or what they do or their tone of voice, their language or the lashes they lash out in. So Allie, when you started that story, you said PBAQ rep, is that right? Yeah. So what does the PBA and Q stand for? Awesome. So when you're hijacked, there's a whole kind of, you know, obviously a workshop that goes into this guys, but let me, let me try to like help our, our listeners, like immediately. Like if you know, you know, that, you know, when you're hijacked, when I use the word, people are like, Oh, I know what that is. You know, like my mom hijacked me the other day or my mother-in-law or so-and-so said, you know, something that work and it, it lit me up. Right. You know what that is. And like, so it's this fight or flight, you know, within 0.85 milliseconds we're triggered. And if you don't know your pool of data and what triggers you, you will continue to get caught up in this hijack, right? And it's meant to save our lives. So I will never be able to teach, nor do I have the tools because it's an instinct to tell people to not get hijacked. I just can help people come down from one without damaging relationships. Mm. And that's the PBAQ. And the PBAQ is this, pause. I just am aware that I'm hijacked. I just need to pause. And in that pause, I need to count because when I count, I'm flipping on the neocortex part of the brain, which is the rational thinking. It's the executive thinker. It's not emotional, right? It's not in its feelings because we know feelings are not facts. They're feelings. Okay. And so it gets me to the facts. It gets me to the rational brain. I can't count without flipping on like a light switch my neocortex, which is that rational thinking. Okay, so pause and I'm gonna count. And it's not like one, two, three, four, five, it's not working. It's like a really intentional one, two, three. I can already feel my body calming down because I'm excited. I have adrenaline and cortisol, probably adrenaline right now, just being on this podcast with you ladies, right? So I'm, I already feel my excitement, <laughs> my tone, my energy is high and it has been for the past 45 minutes, right? So I'm, I'm aware of that. And the pause helps me kind of bring it in. The B, I always call it peanut butter and question, P-B-A-Q, peanut butter and question, because I can't remember stuff. It's like we have all these <laughs> acronyms and they're all lovely and I want to use them. I want to pull them out of my tool belt and say, ah, I'm hijacked. Let me pull this, you know, I'm hijacked. Oh, let me pull it out of my leadership tool belt because I do believe leaders lead themselves first and that makes them attractive, which is why other people want to be led by them. Okay. So that's my belief. So I got this in my leadership tool belt. I can lead myself. I can regulate myself. So it's pause, count, be, breathe. The only breath, our oxygen, once we're hijacked, it shuts off oxygen to our brain. 
it just shuts it down because it doesn't want to give us the opportunity to think about how to survive. It just wants us to react. Well, that doesn't work when I want to say literally to my husband, I want to throat punch you. And then I <laughs> say it, right? Like I want to be able to breathe and say, do I really want to throat punch him or am I just really hijacked right now? Okay. So then the breathing is like five in for five. Hold out for eight. And that breath, you guys, is like, you may have to do it again, right? Get that little, you know, bubbler going in the brain. And that's the breath. So the pause is the count, flip on the neocortex. The breathing is let me get some oxygen to my brain that's shutting it down because it just wants to survive. And then the A is appreciate. Okay, I want gratitude. When I am grateful, it literally combats the adrenaline and cortisol to the serotonin and the dopamine, the good chemicals that I want in my body that allow me to look at life more optimistically versus like pessimistically, right? It, 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 so when, when I need, so appreciation, I always say, people, let's get two things we're grateful for. Two, because if I'm, so mine are my family and God. And not in that order. It's actually probably God, then my family. So when my family hijacks me, I have another one to go to, <laughs> you know, like it's my second, it's my backup. Right. And I always say to people, like I wear a ton of bracelets and, and people always like laugh. Do you take those off? Do you shower with them? Yep. I shower. I sleep. I do all the things with them. I don't know why I just love them. They don't bother me. And they're my reminder. They're my reminder. Like I have Lord bracelets on here. I have Tashi Delay. I want to be Tashi Delay. I want to honor the greatness within myself and others. So it's a way of being, not a business. I mean, I have all these bracelets. So it's like it's like this tangible reminder. I invite people to put something in their pocket when they're first learning this, this uh, tool. I invite them to put a visual by their computer, PBAQ or something like this, right? And what am I grateful for? Like, I'm grateful for health. I'm grateful for family. I'm grateful for love. I'm grateful for, you know, my job. I'm grateful, whatever it is, right? And so you appreciate, and then you're automatically fighting the adrenaline and cortisol with the good stress chemical or the good chemicals, okay? And the last one is Q, and that's probably the most important, and they have to go in this order. Flip on the neocortex, count, breathe, get oxygen to that brain, appreciate, show gratitude because there's so much more to be grateful for than what I am so ticked about in this very moment, okay? And then it's the cue. Question, the power of a question. What else might be true? Because we've already talked about that first thought is either inaccurate, incomplete, or wrong. We have way too many thoughts a day. We can't believe everything we think. Okay, so then the question becomes, what else could be true in this situation? So now I'm looking at possibility and it's so hard to look at somebody as a problem when I know them as a person. Ellie would never intentionally try to make me think or feel or be this way. She cares about me, right? Now it's like, what else could be true? So that's where the PBAQ is so freaking powerful. Wow. Incredible. <laughs> I mean, Allie, Tashi Delay, question marks. It's yeah. your logo. Let's talk a little bit about Tashi. Tell us a little bit about you and in, in your movement and what you're doing. How do people get more Allie in their life? Oh, right. <laughs> I, I, so I have to tell you this. I was at a dinner one night and I, I was 
talking to a gentleman that wrote a book and I've always been intrigued by authors. And I said to him, Hey, I'm feeling like the Lord's calling me to write a book, but I don't even know, you know, what book I would write. And I was telling him what we were doing with an organization and how we were flipping the script on cultural interviews. And we were flipping the script on what it meant to have reviews. And we were flipping the script on leaders, just giving feedback to people and having the people actually give feedback to the leaders. You know, so it was a vice versa. And and then I was explaining like how we had this, this thing, like you will never get fired. You will know. So you don't have to operate in fear every day at work of so, so maybe losing your job. Like you will very well know, and we will help you find a different position elsewhere. We called it a plan for not, for awesomeness elsewhere, PFA. I said, so I don't know. And I said, I wouldn't even know what I titled. And he goes, well, it kind of sounds like you're flipping organization on its heads. Like you're literally flipping the pyramid of what a leadership looks like to the flip of a pyramid where the leader is at the bottom, not the top. Because guys, we know when crap rolls downhill, where does it go? Well, it lands at the bottom. Like, why are we doing that? Nope. The leader balances at an inverted pyramid, right? They're balancing everything. They're, they're shouldering a lot. That's why they get the paycheck. That's why they get, you know, some benefits, some different things, some flexibility is because they should serve, in my opinion. I don't use should a lot, but I'm going to use it here is they should serve right? Because then when they serve their people, they serve their people, they serve their people. So anyways, I, I that's what I'm doing is I'm challenging the status quo of what organizations should look like, feel like, how they hire, how they release. First of all, like, why do we call it firing? When you look it up, it's a discharge of a gun. Firing is a discharge, like really? So no wonder people feel lonely, less than losers when they leave an organization. How many success stories have you heard though when people say, gosh, I'm so glad I got released. Like it, it allowed me to fly. Literally, it was not my purpose, okay? But when we're stuck in this self-pity, this I'm not enough because I've just been fired, right? Like, wow, I call them corporate wounds. So anyways, I'm on a mission to flip the question mark. That's why it's upside down is because I want people to ask more questions than they give their opinion. That's awesome. That is so awesome. You know, and, and the transformation of it, you know, you can really visualize that upside down pyramid and you think about that as a leader. And the other thing I just want to ask you, Allie, is, you know, we've talked a lot about leadership in large organizations, but what, in your opinion, does leadership look like for, you know, the really small business owners, you know, entrepreneurs, yes. you know, there's a huge movement happening with that where people yes. are, you know, they're leaving corporate America and they're going out and doing things on their own. How do we take the concepts that you are talking about in Tashi, you know, servant leadership and culture and emotional intelligence, and how do we be all those things to ourselves. You know, I always say to people like, like who better than you knows what to do. You just have to spend some time with yourself. Like how do you develop any relationship? Think about teenagers that are in love. They're on the phone till all hours of the night, chatting, discovering, you know, sharing, being vulnerable, opening up, making mountains out of molehills, you know, thinking like life is tough at that point. And sometimes it is, I'm not minimizing it. Right. But like you, you spend time, right. you spend time. 
And I tell my kids, like, if, if I can tell you one thing before I leave this beautiful earth is, is spend time with your creator and spend time with yourself. And I'm talking alone in silence. When is the last time any one of us can confidently say we have built a practice of just being in relationship with ourselves, talking to ourselves, challenging assumptions with ourselves, forgiving ourselves? Wow. It's, it's a great, it's a great question. It's, it's a very great question that for an entrepreneur, they think they need to do more. And I'm going to say do less. And what I mean by that is build a habit, a discipline of stoicism is one of my favorite things. And the stoics say, if you don't know what your perfect day looks like, you don't know you and good luck being fulfilled. So as entrepreneurs unlearn the 40 hour work week, because you're always working, unlearn the 40 hour work week. Like you got to sit at your desk. You've got to pump out an email. You've got to, you know, you know what, get content, put, put marketing tools out there. I mean, like, yes. And <laughs> what's even more important is to remind yourself why you even started. And if the goal in the bullseye is not aligned with your values today, it, you're just going to uh, uh, practice terrible habits and expect different results. I love how you talked about, you know, from the corporation sense and Carrie, I love how you brought it in from the individual sense. And I think for Tashi, it's why the enlightenment series exists, right? You know, individuals that are looking to stay plugged into this way of being, because I love everything you're saying. And you know what? It is tough as heck to do it. You know, we, and, and that's okay. I used to say this phrase, what motivates me may not motivate you. And what motivates me today may not motivate me tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And recognizing the way that our mindsets and our circumstances and how life changes, it's okay to need to stay plugged in to things that are going to help influence this way of being. Like just when you walked us through the people BAQ. Like you don't hear it once and then master it. It's a, it's a common theme of things that we've been talking about this entire time. And so the work that you do and the scalability that Tashi has, I think is so fantastic so that people who want to plug in on a personal and individual yeah. level, they can join the enlightenment series. They can come to the events that you're speaking at. They can follow you on your social channels and get involved in those types of ways. But then also the corporate work is so important because we know that people are serving businesses all across the nation and those people are going home to families and those families are creating future leaders. And so this is how we change the world, right? Is, is elevated. Yes. So I just, I just say that because like, I hear it, I know it, and man, do I forget it and do I stray from it. And so I love that you create this place for people to practice and stay plugged into it. Thank you, Kristen. And that's it. Like it's, it is like a, a monthly workshop and it, and you, and, and like you come ready to work. Like it's not a sit and get, it's not a motivational thing. It is a workshop. So you are journaling, you are in breakouts, you are challenging your thoughts and assumptions and what you just journaled. Um, you're writing your eulogy. You're writing down people you care about, and then you're transferring them over to the sphere of influence and seeing how many people you care about, which is a quantum F ton. If they get to influence your choices, 
Because how many times do people we care about, and then we think we have to care what they think? Like, just because I care about you does not mean I have to change my life adjustments based off of your opinion. Because that's filtered with fear, unsure, insecure, lost dreams. That's not on me. Chase your own lion. Yeah. One thing I just had to say about that too, and this was a lesson I've learned in a very difficult way about the circles too. Think of how many times in your life you've had really close relationships with people that have influenced your direction, your path, the choices that you've made, you know, and it could have, it could be in like a work environment, let's say yes. like I stayed at this job or I left this job or I, I made these choices and then fast forward and see how many of those people are still in your life today. How would have life been different for you had you not been so influenced to take action or behave in a way that was influenced by people who were not in that inner circle, but yet your path, your relationships, just the impact of it. And so those are the, I think it's such a good example. And I love hearing you talk about it because in some cases you're creating a product or a way of being a way of interacting that people aren't even aware of that they need yet. And so it's, it's really hard to like help people understand. They're like, what is this all about? Why would I do this? Why would I come to that? It's like, you don't even know how bad you need it. <laughs> you know, like, I so I have to tell you like a couple quick things that come to my mind, my heart, like how often we search outside of ourselves to affirm decisions we make. One small example is I have a, a, a client I work with out in New York that was trying to buy a second home. And she said to me, I said, great, your homework, should you choose to accept it? Because I always invite people to homework. I never shove it down their throats. Because again, I don't want you wasting time because I don't want to waste time. I don't want you wasting energy because I don't want to waste my energy. So if you feel like it'll serve you and move you and transform you, do the homework. If it doesn't, it doesn't. So I said to her, here's my invitation for homework. You cannot talk to anybody besides your financial person about this purchase. You look up and you look in and you make sure you financially can do it. But if you talk to your girlfriends, your mother, your sister, your best friend, your freaking neighbor, they're all going to drip on you with their own pool of data. And it has nothing to do because they're not paying the mortgage. They're not visiting this place. They're not doing it because it's a home away from home. Like that's a small example. Another example is this. I said to, when I was in this transformation of like, who am I and what the hell am I doing here? And am I really serving my purpose? I, I said to somebody very close to me and it was vulnerable. And I was looking for their, their, their affirmation. Okay. Which again was outside of me and it was not up and not in. <laughs> and I said, I feel like the Lord's calling me to be like a female version of Tony Robbins. Okay. And you know what they said to me? I have no evidence of that. <laughs> Guess who's no longer in my sphere of influence? That person. that person. Okay. And not because I don't love them. They're part of my family. Are you kidding me? I've just separated. I'm better and not bitter. I was bitter for about six straight months. I'm not even lying. I was trying to justify and well, look at you. And you ain't doing that. And look at you. You're not fulfilled. <laughs> and you don't have a happy relationship. You probably haven't had sex in three years. You know, I mean, I'm doing <laughs> Keegan is all over the joint. Okay. And it's like, for what purpose? For what purpose? I don't like who I am when I show up like that. 
And if I'm unaware, that's the subconscious talk. The conscious talk is I love you and it's okay that you don't see what I see, but it doesn't mean I'm going to unsee it. Because if I don't see it, I won't be it. And I believe that God is calling me in different platforms to influence massive amounts of heartbeats. I could not tell you that a year ago, confidently. I would say it a year ago, but the insides didn't match. So that's that sphere of influence and how important it is to understand that you can take feedback in. I love feedback. I ask for it all the time. I want it. I crave it. And because I know how to receive it, that it's just information until I assign meaning. So that's where I'll say the last thing I want to share with these people before I can tell them how they might want to interact with Tashi in the Tashi community is like, listen, you may not be able to control your first thought. Sometimes it just floods in, yeah? However, I promise you with practice, you can control how long it gets to stay and what you think next. And what that is a little pre-work. So I'm going to give you a great example. PJ, every night before bed, it doesn't happen so much anymore, right? I'm trying to help her train her brain. It's like, she'd say to me, mom, 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 what if the V shows up, this vampire? I think she saw like a commercial or something with like this crazy vampire. And so now at night, right? We all mind plays tricks, especially at night, right? That's biblical too, <laughs> the darkness, right? And, and coming into the light. So bringing the vampire into the light, I'm like, no, nope, we're going to talk about it. It's a vampire. Let's talk about the vampire. What does it look like? How does it act? When does it tend to show up, right? Usually when I'm nervous, I'm unsure, insecure in the dark right? So anyways, I say, okay, baby. I said, let's talk about this vampire. If it shows up, how long is it going to stay? Well, I don't know. Well, what do you want to think about? If you could choose to think about anything, what would you want to think about PJ? She's like, well, I want to ride a black panther in a jungle. I said, well, great. Every time the vampire comes up, I don't care if it's once, twice, 300 times before you go to bed. Every time the vampire pops in, shut it down. Say that is not of God. <laughs> That is not how I want to think. And now you just think about you jumping on that Black Panther baby and riding through the jungle, <laughs> high-fiving the monkeys, whatever you want to do, chest bumping the gorilla. I don't care. But now hop it on. Like, and let's keep it moving, sweetheart. So again, it's training our brain. And in fact, there's new neural pathways. If you hook up to an MRI, you will see the gray matter change. You will see if it's going to the saboteur, the negative, or it's sage, which is positive, gift and opportunity, gratitude, love, positive thinking. It, it's, it's, it's proven. It works. You got to practice. And with Tash, if you want more, I'd love to have you a part of our community. I think it is for everybody. Not everybody wants to get in on it, and that's okay. I do think it's for 7.7 .7 billion heartbeats, right? My bigger why is to bring Bibles to people that do not have it in their native language. And so, yes, if I'm a keynote speaker, I'm $10,000 to step on your stage. I know my voice equity. I'm not, and not everybody can do that, right? However, 30 bucks a month, you can work with me. Next month, it's Sexy September, Opinions October, right? We're going to talk about that sphere of influence and how to make sure uh, we don't allow other people's opinions, strangers, per person, you know, people close to us, how we don't allow them to pierce our soul in such a way that makes us move off of our track, you know, when we know better. Uh, November, November and Decision December will close out here, but you can join anytime. And actually, if you want the year subscription, it's 300 bucks. And so like back in my heyday, I would spend $300 on an outfit, a pair of jeans. Gosh, nowadays is what a hundred bucks. So it's like, my gosh, I'd rather work on my brain than my, 
blue jeans, you know, like, <laughs> like come on, come on. I, I really want to be healthy up here. I know I like, I want to look cute in some blue jeans, but I really want to work on the brain. So that's $300 for the full year. Anybody can. And then of course we have corporate sponsorships because my, my vision for this family is thousands of people all over the world log in live and it's virtual. That's the best part of the platform. You could be anywhere. Heck, you could be in your bathroom, getting makeup on. You could be, you know, you could be in the boardroom with a bunch of people. You could be right. It's, it's about the heartbeats that we can connect with to do their own work independently so that we can honor the greatness within everyone. Because isn't that what our world desires right now? We see it. We're smarter than the problem that has us, but we keep doing the same stuff to try to solve it. It's just not working. This is a new recipe. And I hope that people, uh, I, I hope that people understand the power it can have in the Gosh, Ellie. Yeah. This is absolutely awesome. And honestly, there is no doubt that people are going to come and look for you. How do they get a hold of you? Where do they find you? Well, for people that are local in the Wisconsin area, we I cannot wait to be a part of this Women's Leadership Conference. Uh, Vicki Updike from New Sage Consulting puts it on every year. And it's just, it's for all women. And I'm attracted to women. Women are attracted to me. We tend to kind of get each other in our mindsets and where we go. And so like, for, for some reason, that's kind of more of the audience that I end up uh, attracting and, and rightfully so, right? Like it's all good. However, it is, it men can come to this conference too. So while it says it's a women-led conference, there are several men that show up that, that just want to gain empathy and want to gain some of these skills that we have naturally that we're already enhancing. And so it's really about leading self. You don't have to be a leader in your organization. It's just a women's leadership conference. How do you lead yourself better? And that's October 11th at the KI Convention Center. And um, bring a table, like bring some chicks, have fun. We dance, we get nuts. I mean, like, it's awesome. Vicki does an amazing job with her team. And so I get to be the closing keynote there, which I'm super jacked about, super yeah. jacked. And, and then, you, you know, like these monthly workshops, you can find them on my website. It's a www.tashidelay.us, US. Okay, so it's www.tashidelay.us us and they can find some awesome information on about there about the enlightenment series how to get in how to stay in all that jazz. i just can't wait i can I, I hope i hope we have people that feel ignited and inspired to practice this work in this community each month because i always say i am the facilitator of the genius in the room the group in the community is what makes it so the workshop is an hour and a half the first wednesday of every month is when we get together live and virtually and it's 11 to 12 is some sort of learning um interactive workshop and then 12 to 12 30 is q a in its community time where we ask profound questions we share journals we share habit trackers you know when we want to get new habits we share books like resisting happiness from matthew kelly or winning the war on your brain uh by greg Gershel. i mean stuff like that like podcasts we listen to you guys like we just share stuff that we would not have otherwise so that's uh, the first Wednesday of every month, 11 to 12.30. And I would love to have anybody that feels moved drop in. You can do it one off or you can buy the year subscription. 
And Allie's Facebook page, she, if you follow it, go and look her up. We'll put links in our podcast notes. Um, so when we post this, we'll have your links out there. But one thing that Allie does on her social channels that I think is just amazing is she just flips the camera on and goes live and she talks in a very authentic way. Um, you probably can feel her energy, you know, being in a room with her is amazing. Second best is seeing her live on video and the concepts and stuff that she's talking about and what she's doing. She's so magnetic, you know, definitely go check Allie out. You will not be disappointed and you will learn. You will learn something from Allie. She will shift your mindset, open your heart. And I can't think of any way to support her with our 7.7 billion heartbeats. So, so take your heart and go and find Allie and um, get inspired and go out and inspire more people. Well, I know we don't want this to end. So I'm sure our listeners are like, no, but that's all we have for today's Golden Power Hour podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and are looking for more ways to develop and grow your business, check us out at mygoldenlink.com. So Allie, thank you very much for being on with us today. We are so forever grateful. Um, we know that people are going to come and check you out and stay plugged in so that they can create the next best version of themselves. That is it, everyone. Have a great day and stay golden. 